If you're tired of the superficial and you're craving real conversation about life, relationships, fears, doubts, and the divine in the middle of it, this is the place for you. My name is Anna Dimmel, and I'm a blogger, writer, and former pastor. And it's my passion to build bridges, not walls, through honest, real conversation and connection. And I want that for you. This is the show that will help you do that and give you not only inspiration and connection, but will help you leave the superficial for good and form the real connections you're craving. Your story matters, and I'm so glad you're here. Welcome. Hey there, welcome back to the Behind the Mirror podcast. So glad you're here today. Today is a topic that I think every single one of us can relate to. You know, I hear from all of you guys through um, Instagram messages, through email, through the podcast group that we have going on Facebook, and I cherish those conversations because you guys are you're sharing honest parts of your journey with me and it is such an honor to be a part of your story even if it's just in this context um it's it's an honor and i take it with such a high responsibility and such a a great privilege and i want you all to know that um i've enjoyed hearing from all of you and you know it's a topic that keeps coming up is the topic of difficult friendships or difficult relationships in general um, they could be, it could be inside your marriage. It could be with a close friend. It could be with a child. It could be, um, with someone that you don't even call a friend or a family member, but they're in your life and you're stuck with them. So like, what do you do? Right. There could be a plethora of categories that you find yourself in hard relationships. And so that's what we're talking about today. And we're going to talk about how to set our boundaries, how to set our expectations, what to deal with those one-sided friendships, and and even how to handle the people in your life that are total jerks um, who have hurt you and you're stuck having to deal with. We're going to cover it all. This is such a vital episode, and I... I so wish every one of you that has reached out to me that I could sit down and take you all out for coffee and just hash it out. I would do that in a heartbeat. Um, But you know what? This will work too. So grab a cup of coffee, snuggle up in a warm chair somewhere, or if you're driving, pretend you're in a yummy coffee shop, right? And we're just going to have at it with this conversation. So um, before we get into it, which... I'm super looking forward to. But before we do that, I want to just spotlight the Behind the Mirror Facebook group. It has become so much fun. It's deep. It's light sometimes. Uh, There's a lot of thinking that's happening. It's just been great. And I just wanted to highlight real quick one of the members in that group. Miss Becca Darling is her name. And we love Becca. And Becca is being highlighted because she grafted into the group her husband, which I find absolutely adorable or darling if we're going to go with the name at hand. (laughs) So it, I had to just give her a little shout out because I just found that absolutely yummy. So um, to those of you who haven't joined the group yet, oh my gosh, please 
join us. We want to get to know you. We want to hear your thoughts and your story and your journey. And that's what we're finding is that all of us are on one and none of us have this thing all figured out, but we learn from each other and we grow where there's transparency and honesty and different perspectives brought to the table. So if you'd like to opt in, go to my website, justajesusfollower.com backslash podcast backslash podcast group opt in there and then check your email because I'll send you an invite through your email. So without any further ado, let's dive in to this topic of difficult relationships. Here we go. What about those relationships, right? What about the people that you feel drained after being around, that you feel exhausted by mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically even? Like, what do you do? What is the right response? How do we live a life of peace inside of difficult relationships? This is a topic that I wish someone would have told me what I'm going to tell you today, like 20 years ago. Well, I don't know that I would have received it 20 years ago, maybe closer to 15 years ago. Um, I kind of thought I knew everything about 20 years ago. But, you know, there's some truths that are so vital to relationships, and I I feel like I learned them the hard way. Um, A lot of you know that I... um, This is not my first divorce. I wish it was, but it's not. And I have a marriage um, from way early on. I got married when I was 18. Um, That was very short-lived. But what happened after that relationship, it was a very volatile relationship. I think I've talked a little bit about that in um, some of my earlier episodes. But going through that relationship just kind of spiraled me into this rude awakening of how cold and hard life can be with people that you love, which sounds crazy because life should not be cold and hard with people that you love and that you believe love you back. Um, But sometimes we find ourselves in that exact scenario where I love this person and yet I am like killing myself every time I'm around this person, right? Like ready to shoot myself the minute I walk out of the room or I feel so terrible about myself or so insecure or so judged or so... um, questioning where I stand with them after an encounter that it it drives me crazy. It keeps me up at night. I got dunked real quick into the reality of relationships like that in that season of my life. And it was hard, but I determined myself to figure out how to walk it well, because I wanted to know that being at peace is possible no matter what chaos is happening around me. And I think all of us want that. We all want to know that we can be at peace inside our own skin, no matter the chaos that's happening. So I've learned a few things and I want to share them with you because you guys are worthy of this. You are worthy of being at peace. You're worthy of sleeping at night. You are so deserving of good relationships and so deserving of 
of a peaceful life you are. So I hope these tools that I'm going to give you enable you to start that journey of peace because you're very, very worth that. So one of the first things that I um, really started grasping was, and I've, I've quoted this before, Maya Angelou, who is just like an angel sent to earth, right? Any of you who know her work, um, and if you don't know her work, go find her because she's amazing. Um, but one of the quotes that she said that stuck with me years ago was, when someone shows you who they are, believe them. And this is such a simple concept, but it is vital to every relationship that you have, especially the hard ones. So um, I shared at a speaking engagement earlier this week about my tendency to want to fix people. I am a former professional people fixer. I could have made a career out of that. Like I believed that I could fix the people in my life who were not being what I needed, um, who were hurtful who were at times even abusive, I believed I could fix them into being what I needed them to be. And as any of you other people fixers know, it is a exhausting existence living like that. And so this idea of believing someone when they show you who they are really was the launching pad for my um, relief from this tension, my relief from this exhaustion. So what this looks like is if you are in a relationship that you can pretty much count on, um, there being parts of it that are hurtful. There are either parts of it where they do things intentionally to hurt you or don't intentionally hurt you, but they just flippantly handle your emotions. They don't put any care into their words or their actions towards you. And so you feel like you're dodging a bullet 24-7 from this person. But you keep showing up and you keep loving and you keep giving and you keep believing, well, they're going to get it this time. I'm going to just pray more or explain it more or what have you. And you believe that one day the light bulb is going to click. All right, my friends, lovingly, please hear me the light bulb is probably not going to click. If they keep treating you the way that history is proving that they're treating you, guess what? You can put money on the fact that they're probably going to keep repeating that behavior. So if someone is showing you who they are through their behavior or their actions towards you, give yourself a resting point and just accept that that is who they are. Really. You just have to accept this is where they are in life and it may not change. Now that can sound kind of like doomsday and hopeless and I get that and I want to be sensitive to that. But what this offers you is a ticket out of the torment that you live in trying to convince them to treat you better. You don't need to live like that. You don't need to to posture yourself in a way where you are begging and pleading for someone to love you well. Life is too short to live like that. So when someone shows you who they are, believe them. Now, acceptance is the first stage of that. Once you accept, okay, I can count on the fact that this person will hurl insults at me, whether passive aggressively or not. On a daily basis, if I'm around them, I can count on the fact that this person will subtly act like they're better than me and make me feel less than whenever I'm around them. 
I can count on the fact that this person is going to probably talk about me behind my back, right? Like you get to a place where you accept the behavior that they are choosing to live in. And once you accept it, that then positions you to have your power back, which is the most important piece of having peace. (laughs) That is your key to having peace is where you no longer allow someone else to have power over you, but you control the temperature of your head. You control the temperature of your heart and your emotions. So, okay, I accept that this is who they are. I don't like it, right? Like, I don't like accepting this ugly truth, but I choose to accept it. Now, I know how to set my expectations. And for some of you, with the people in your life, your expectation bar might need to be really low, like really low. You expect the behavior that they've always shown you to keep coming up. That doesn't mean that you can't hope that one day they change, that one day they have their light bulb epiphany moment and they have some divine encounter with God or or with even another human or through a book or what have you that totally changes the dynamic of their personality and their life. Hope for that, of course. But in the meantime, do yourself a favor and protect your heart and protect your mind by setting your expectations exactly where this person has taught you to set them. So once you set your expectations, then you get to set boundaries, right? Boundaries. I don't know if any of you guys ever read um, the book Boundaries. I read it like forever ago, and I still sometimes will go back to it and thumb through it because it's just a great read. And I highly encourage any of you to to find it um, if that's a topic that you feel you could learn some more about. I I loved that book. So boundaries, boundaries. Boundaries are where you position a barrier between you and something harmful. Boundaries don't have to be mean. Boundaries don't have to be disrespectful or unkind. A boundary is just a barrier, a buffer, if you will, between you and something that will harm you. I want you all to hear me when I say this, um, because I think this is something a lot of us forget. And I'm saying this out loud to myself too, that your heart is the most precious, valuable piece that you have. There's a scripture that says, out of the heart flows the direction of your life. It guides your life. All the things from your life come out of that place. So if your heart is sick, if it's not well, if it's not healthy, your life will probably be filled with stress, anxiety, depression, sadness, tension, exhaustion, sleepless nights, right? All the things that tend to happen when you're in a toxic relationship or even just in a hard relationship. I realize there's degrees. So not saying those are the only sources for all of those emotions, but they do tend to be fruit of of your heart not being well. And how do our hearts not get well? Well, when we don't protect it. It doesn't mean we get to protect our hearts from everything. That's not the life experience. Our life's experience will include pain. It will include joy. It's going to have both. But it is your responsibility to do diligence in guarding that most valuable, precious place inside of you. And you do that by placing boundaries. So um, I'm going to give you guys some examples of some boundaries. Um, One boundary that I've learned to set um, with 
particular people in my life. Um, we'll use the, I, I have so many examples, guys. It's hard for me to pick one. How sad is that? But let me just pull one out of the hat. So I had a friend who continually made me, and I don't know that it was on purpose or if this was just their personality and they did this to everybody. I don't know. I'm not going to judge their motives or their heart. But what I do know is every time I left hanging out with them, I felt less than. I felt not as important. I felt like they were constantly trying to prove that they were better than me. And I'm pretty confident in my own skin. It's not like my whole value and self-worth was wrapped up in this person. It wasn't. But I didn't feel good when I left hanging out with them. I felt like I was questioning my, my parenting style or I was questioning my choice of food for my family or I was questioning like the color I chose to paint my living room or I was questioning my beliefs on something. Like I didn't like leaving feeling that way. It didn't feel good. So I decided boundaries were needed because this was not something that was going to change. I accepted this was just who they were and I loved them and I wanted to be their friend, but I needed some better boundaries because I was leaving in a worse spot than I came over with, right? So my boundaries looked like hanging out less. It doesn't mean we didn't hang out. It doesn't mean we weren't friends. It doesn't mean I didn't pick up when they called, but it meant that the time I invested lessened because the time I invested wasn't really beneficial for me. And so I backed off. And truthfully, eventually that friendship kind of fizzled out. And that was okay. That wasn't a bad thing. That was okay. Um, and so sometimes boundaries lead to that. Sometimes one step back will lead to you pulling all the way out. Sometimes not. I have other relationships where I have put boundaries in place, um, such as certain conversations. If a conversation comes up that this person turns ugly or they turn judgmental, or they turn sharp in their tone, right? There are certain topics where people will just like turn into this thing that is not pleasant to be around. I learned this is not a topic that I'm going to engage you on and I'm not going to be rude about it. I'm not going to be mean spirited about it, but I'm going to politely and respectfully bow out of engaging on that topic. So when that topic comes up, I'm either changing the topic or I'm removing myself simple boundary. And it protected me from having to engage with that side of that person that I didn't feel good after engaging in. The thing about accepting who someone is and the thing about setting in those boundaries to protect you and your heart and your mind and your soul and your spirit is that sometimes you see that this person is not capable of meeting the needs that you want them to meet. This can be really tricky in marriage. Um, This can be really tricky in lifelong friendships or family relationships because there's a need that you have with your mom. There's a need that you have with your dad if your parents are still living. There's a need that you have from your spouse, multiple needs you have from your spouse. There are needs that you have from someone who's been your friend for decades. And when you start accepting who some of these people are and setting some of those boundaries to protect yourself, you may realize that, oh, yes, this is my mom, 
or my dad or, you know, close lifelong friend, but they are not capable of fulfilling the needs that I need in that role. And that can be really hard to swallow. And I get that. Um, I have a good friend who desperately, desperately longs for a close relationship with her mom, as all of us would. Um, And the more she accepted where her mom is in life and where um, she and her mom just could not engage in certain conversations and she and her mom could not have day in, day out conversations because it just, it got entangled and ugly fast. She started backing up, accepting who her mom was, realizing I can't change, I can't convince, I can't talk her off the ledge enough to make this healthy. So I need to set some boundaries in place, which included removing certain conversations, which included not hanging out as much. And she grieved that because that's, that's what you want from your mom, right? But she realized her mom is not in a place in life to give her those things. And her begging for that and going back and back and back for that just ended in just self-torment. So what do you do when you realize I have needs that this person in this role is supposed to fill and I'm realizing they cannot fulfill it? Those are the moments where you got to go inward and you got to be still. And sometimes you get that knowing and peace that it's time for that relationship to turn into something different. For my friend with her mom, she realized I can't look at my mom as I naturally want to and with all the expectations of a mom to fulfill because I'm not going to receive that. So I now have to view her as more of a friend and and just kind of a good friend, not even a best friend or a close friend, but just a, a good friend who I love, but I cannot have all these expectations that I want to have. That's where she had to reposition in her mind and in her heart, her expectations and her boundaries. And she's a whole lot more at peace now. She's at peace. She's not at angst over this. And for her, you know, a prayer evolved into, okay, God, send me someone in my life to fill that role because it's a role that I need filled. I need a mom-like person to love on me in those mom-like ways. And so she's opened up her heart to have that position filled by other people. And that's a gift. And I believe that God shows up for us and does those things for us when we need them. Um, So the relationship you may see, it has to change for your health. Or it doesn't. That's where that still quiet voice and that just peaceful moment where you go inward and you connect with that voice and you connect with the divine and you will settle on what your next right thing is with that person. Okay, so I'm going to segue out of that. That got kind of heavy, kind of deep. Um, And I want you all to know that I certainly know that there is not a one-size-fits-all for every relationship dynamic, especially ones like spouses or parents or family members, because these are people that we crave to have near to us in the way that we want them to be, in the way they should be. And so when those needs aren't met and when we accept that they're probably not going to be met and when we start positioning ourselves to be in a healthier headspace with it with boundaries and so forth it can cause grief and i and i want you to know that grief is real and it's okay 
and you have permission to be mad. You have permission to be sad. You have permission to feel all of those things. And the beauty inside of grief is that grief is what leads you to being healed. Grief is that, um, it's like a boat that you have to get on and you got to ride through the waters to get to the other side. The other side being healing, being peace, being fulfillment and happiness. Um, Those are things you deserve in life and you should have in life. And sometimes we have to get on the boat of grief to get over to that side. So I don't want to minimize that part of that because it's a real part. And um, as you all know, I just went through a divorce. So grief has been hugely loud um, in realizing and accepting where things are in a relationship that I had huge needs for, right? Um, I get it and it's hard. Um, So the upside is that sometimes when you do put boundaries in place, sometimes it can open the door for good conversation to start discussing where things are not okay in the relationship. And sometimes that opens the door for some healing work, for maybe even a conversation about going to a therapist um, and sitting down with a counselor or a therapist and talking through some of the issues that have caused you to now have to back up and have boundaries. So I don't want you to think that just because you set boundaries, the relationship always disappears because that's not true. Um, in my life, a lot of times it has been true, but I, but I don't believe that that is 100% what always happens. I believe because I've seen in other people and I've seen in a few circumstances in my life that those boundaries open the door to healthy, healthy dialogue. And that dialogue led to a rebirth of that relationship. So boundaries um, will benefit you. Either way, whether whether the relationship has to shift into something different or it grows into something better, either way, you can't stay where you are because you're tormented. So either way, change has to happen. And either way, the change will benefit you in the long run. So had to put that little little caveat in there. Um, Okay, this whole idea of one-sided friendships, this is something that I have heard come up a lot. in conversation with people, in feedback I hear um, from what some of you guys are experiencing. This whole thing of, I am investing so much and have invested so much into this person or that person or all these people. And then when I need something, nobody's there. Nobody shows up for me. What the hell? Not okay, right? We get to a point in life where you just start to feel like, this is unfair, I am being a way better friend to you than you are to me. Okay. I hear you. And I have lived this. Um, I had a good friend for years. I mean, we're talking like a decade after a decade kind of friend. And went through so many big life experiences together and life changes together. And I, this was my like forever friend. But you know what? And I said this to someone the other day, I can't remember one time that she showed up for me. Now I can tell you the countless times I showed up for her, that I listened to her, that I came over for her in the middle of the night or what have you, um, that I gave this or did that or helped with this or right. But 
I cannot think of one time that she did that for me. And in fact, anytime I did need something, which there were some big somethings that I needed, um, she just couldn't be bothered. And I was frustrated and frustrated and frustrated for years over this friendship and mad and irritated and feeling unheard and feeling unseen and feeling like, why does she not get this? And then it occurred to me one day, going back to my first point, this is who she is and who she's always been. And I have to love her and accept her for who she is. And this is who she is. And who she is, is not what I need at this level of a friendship. And I think that that's often the time in our um, friendships that feel one-sided is we're giving, not always expecting something in return, but we are giving thinking that we're, we're putting money in the bank, right? It's an investment. And we are expecting our investment to grow into something beautiful. And when it doesn't, it can be really, really frustrating. And so the question is, well, is the Christian thing to keep giving and loving and sacrificing and right and showing up and never saying no and blah, blah, blah? No, that is not the Christian thing to do. Now, I think in the Americanized church, probably close to the definition of the Christian thing to do. But if you look at the example of Jesus, Jesus had no problem saying no. Jesus had no problem only being around certain people to a close inner circle degree. There were many people pursuing him, many people coming after him. Even in his group of 12, there were favorites. There were closer ones. He understood the value of having a few in that close intimate role because he understood that there are only probably going to be a few that can meet those needs in that role with you. And so you have full permission to not always say yes. You have full permission to say no. And you have full permission to create space in your life for other friendships who will be able to, to give back in the ways that you need. Again, life is short and we need people. Life is not meant to be alone. Life is not meant to be lived in such a way where you feel like you are everyone's friend and no one is your friend. That's not healthy and it's not sustainable. And so sometimes we do have to demote people who are ranked really high in our friendship circles to maybe a a lower notch or two to create room and space to cultivate newer friendships that have the potential to grow, that have the potential to be more even and more give and take because that's what you need and that's what what you should have. So you're not doing yourself any favors by trying to um, make a one-sided friendship equal. And you're not doing them any favors either. Um, there's a quote, and I think I put this on my Facebook page, my Instagram page too, not that long ago. My therapist said to me once, go where the love is, not where you want it to be. And I have found in my one-sided friendships that I was going over and over again to where the love 
really wasn't, but I really wanted it to be. Like, And they loved me, but not the way that I needed. It was not a two-sided friendship. It was a very one-sided friendship, heavy on one side. And I just started pulling back, right? Because I think we can get so narrowly focused on that one thing that we want so badly that all we see is them. All we see is that relationship and that friendship. When you zoom out and you look around, you're able to see other possible friends, other possible connections, other possible candidates for that space in your heart. And that's good. That's good. I have a friend who takes a friendship inventory like every 10 years and she goes on massive friend firings and I find it absolutely hysterical, but it's true. Like she will go through her friendship inventory and really evaluate what friendships are healthy, what friendships are toxic, and she just decides, eh, I'm firing them from that role, firing them from that role, time to make space for new ones. And I, well, I've been terrified of being fired, to be truthful with you. <laughs> I've not been fired. We've been friends for a long time, and I've not been fired, so yay. But um, but I learned a little bit from her in just her um, boldness to care for herself. And no one will take care of you the best other than you. You get to set the tone. You get to set how you're treated. You allow people to treat you how they treat you. And so one thing I've learned from her is she does not allow people to treat her poorly. It's like she gives them chances, gives them chances, and then you know what? You're fired. (laughs) So um, in a sense, yeah, close friends, they do have a job to, to fulfill as you do for your close friends. We, it's an unspoken thing we know, right? And so if you need to make space for newer relationships, that's okay. You're not being disloyal. You're not being unchristian. You are not being a bad person or a selfish person by doing that. You're choosing to be a healthy person. Okay, the last... Um, point I'm going to talk about is those people in your life that are not in this category of close, tight friendships or close, tight family or what have you. They are just a complete jerk and you are somehow tied to them in your life. It could be a coworker. It could be a boss. It could be someone you go to church with, you serve with. It could be an ex. It could be a number of things, but this person is in your life and you're stuck and they are a complete and royal jerk. Ugh, this one is hard. It's hard because everything in you wants to like really strike back, right? When someone is being a complete ass to you or someone you love, like everything in you just wants to just be like, oh, heck to the no. Like, here I come. Now, there are moments when that is needed, but if you're feeling that way on the daily or every time you encounter them, we need to do some rearranging because it is not a healthy place for you. You deserve a more peaceful life than that. And I can already hear you going, but you don't even know. Like, if you knew this person, you would understand they are awful. They are evil. Okay. I hear you. And I bet we could swap stories someday about the level of some people's behavior in our lives. I hear you. But I have found that the energy spent on all of the awful things that this person has done or is capable of doing really chips away at your quality of life. 
and it probably is chipping away at the quality of life of the people around you because they have to hear you complain about it all the time. So little tough love here. The best thing I did for myself with relationships like this, I've had a handful, not a ton, but a handful, and they were some doozies. The best thing I learned is to not engage. And what I mean by that is the minute their behavior becomes toxic, becomes um, calloused and cruel and mean and whatever they choose to do to you or people around you, your instinct wants to like your emotions want to get all flared up and go crazy berserk and rattle off your mouth or something. The best thing you can do is not engage because engaging that behavior and stooping to their level and engaging in that kind of back and forth is nothing, nothing that you should spend your time doing because your life should be filled with better things than that. And when people are like that, they tend to like bait us into these horribly intense and emotion-filled battles. And sometimes they're even unspoken battles, right? Like sometimes it's just body language battles or or underhanded comments or or mean-spirited text messages or passive-aggressive things said on the phone or what have you. But you're better than that. And I just want to speak that into you that you are better than that. And nobody has the right to turn you into something you are not. And that behavior, my friends, is something you are not. So I learned because again, you can't just never talk to these people if you're stuck in their in your in your life with them. You have to engage them at some point, at least at some level. I learned that if I can focus simply on the task at hand, on the facts that have to be decided or have to be discussed, and leave everything personal and emotional out of it. It's a it's a tall order, and I know that. But it is immensely, immensely liberating. Because when you don't when you set that boundary for yourself that says, I am not going to give them any personal anything. Like they don't get my my personal feedback on their behavior or my personal commentary. Like they they have not earned that spot. And it's like that that passage in scripture says, don't don't put pearl before a swine, right? Like don't put the treasured parts of you out in front of a pig. Just don't. It's a waste of your time. And so your commentary, your emotion, your personal opinions do not need to be presented to a pig. They don't. So in those relationships, you stick to the facts. You stick to the the task at hand. And the moment it turns personal, the moment emotions start to get involved, you bow out you bow out or you redirect back to the facts. And if they cannot handle sticking on the facts, you just step away and say, I'll come back when you're ready to talk about X, Y, Z. You can be kind. You can be courteous. You can be respectful in how you remove yourself from anything personal. You can. And that's how I want to challenge you to hold yourself with people like this. And I, um, I wrote a little bit about this in my book, um, Forgiveness is Not an Option, that I wrote a long time ago. Um, but a lot of these um, skills were being learned while I was writing that book. And so I talk a little bit of the whole loving your enemies aspect, right? That just 
were like, really? That's a real thing? We really have to do that? Yeah. And you know why? Not because they have earned it. Not because, you know, God is like hating you and telling you to love all the mean people in the world, but because it benefits you. Because I think that God knew that mean-spirited, crabby people would chip away at who he made you to be. And I think that nothing makes God more sad than to see us wither away into something that we're not, some warped, disformed figurine of who we once were. And so when, when Jesus talked about things like love your enemy, if, the, if they're naked, give them clothing, if they're hungry, give them something to eat, if they insult you or injure you, turn the other cheek. I don't think any of that had anything to do with the enemy, quote unquote, at hand. I think it had everything to do with guarding you and your heart and your mental space. When you are acting in a position of kindness and respect with firm boundaries, it keeps your side of the street really clean, like really clean. Like you are taking the gun out of their hand and you are completely removing any ammunition that they have to use against you later. It's gone, totally gone. Because all you've left them with is the facts that needed to be discussed or what have you, kindness, respectfulness, and a quiet bowing out. What on earth could they use against you with that? You immediately look like a thousand times better of a person and you're going to feel like a thousand times better of a person. Then you don't have to stay up all night thinking about, oh, I should have said this when they said that and I should have made this point when they were did it. No, 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 no. You do not have time for that. Literally, you have a life to live. You have people to love and you have a purpose to fulfill and all that stuff just gets muddy. It, it gets in the way of what you are meant and designed to be, which is a light and a beacon of love and hope to your world around you. That's what you're meant to be. And so the jerks in your life that want to suck that little light out of you, don't give them that power. Don't become what they are. Don't engage. And be kind and be respectful. And if you can't say anything nice, then you don't get to say anything at all. If you can't be respectful, then you zip your lip and you walk away. Because that is the kind of integrity that you want to live with. That's the kind of mark you want to leave on this world, even around people like that. And I'm telling you, it, it really does change the situation. It diffuses it often, but it also makes them feel and look like a total, total jerk. Because they have no, they have nothing to fault you for. Because you have been a person of integrity during their complete tantrum. Okay, this episode is coming to a close. I feel like this is a subject I could talk about for hours. And um, I hope I did this justice. I hope that... Um, some of these tools you can put in your pocket and apply to the hard relationships in your life because you are worth having a life full of peace. You are. If you haven't um, gone and rated this show on iTunes and left a review, please do that. It really does help um, the algorithms and all the things that help other people find this show. Um, it helps. It all really helps. So if you haven't done that yet, I will ask for a huge favor for you to go do that. And and if there's someone that you know that could benefit from this episode, share it. Um, 
because I know that these are conversations that a lot of us have swirling around our head, but just don't have space to get out loud. So I want this space to be that for you. And if this resonated something in you, call the phone number um, and leave a voicemail for this podcast. It's the numbers in the show notes and tell me what you thought about it or tell me the relationship struggle you're having that you're like, uh, you kind of didn't cover this or I wish you would have covered this more. Um, maybe I'll do a follow-up episode if we need one. So that's what that number is there for. Of course, I'm available through Instagram messaging and um, Facebook, of course, messaging and my email, all of the above. I, I try to check daily. So I'm here for you. I want you to have your absolute best life and I want you to have moments where you can be honest and that's what I want this space to be for you. So I love you all. Thank you for um, hanging with me and I look forward to connecting next week. Hey there, I hope you enjoyed the conversation today. You can find my blog and links to my Instagram and Facebook account on my website at justajesusfollower.com. I hope you join us next week for another raw, honest conversation. In the meantime, go in peace and know that you are enough.